Hello, I'm Kate Freeman, and this is The Daily Dollop. On this episode of The Daily Dollop, I'm going to talk about being tired. I'll unpack a few thoughts about fatigue and how your nutrition might help you feel a little better. Welcome back to the Daily Dollop podcast, everyone. How are you feeling today? Tired, energetic, pumped, fatigued? I, I'm feeling a little fatigued, not too bad, but certainly... I'm no stranger to tiredness. It is something that I think just comes along with motherhood, with running running your own business, you know, combining those two things. So much going on in my life. I, I frequently feel tired. And along with feeling tired often, I also super love sleeping. And one of the things that I am most grateful for in my life, and I'm grateful for a lot of things, but one of those things is the fact that I can sleep well and that going to sleep has has rarely been a problem for me, which I'm really grateful because I have gone through pretty stressful periods in my life on various levels, personal and business, but I've never found it difficult to get to sleep. Occasionally I do, if my mind is super, super busy, but for the most part, I love sleeping. My favorite feeling in the whole world is when I'm reading a book and I can feel just this heavy blanket come over my brain and my eyes and I'm like, oh, I say to my husband, my sleep wave is coming and you should just leave me alone now. And he, for the most part, generally does and lets me toddle off to my little sleep. So why are we so tired all the time. Well, I do want to unpack some thoughts about this. It's a pretty common question that I get asked. You know, most people I meet who want help with their nutrition want to lose weight or they want to pick up their energy levels. And so also people want both of those two things at the same time. Um, because we don't want to feel tired all the time. We've got things to do, a life to lead, children to raise, jobs to work in, right? We Feeling tired all the time is going to be really, really frustrating. And so the thing is, is that often people who feel fatigued and tired and, you know, it starts to become a concern for you, we go and visit our GP and it's a really common reason for a person to visit their GP. However, For the majority of people who do decide to investigate why they feel excessively fatigued, most of them don't get a definitive answer. And in fact, research suggests that for the high level of pathology testing done for tired patients, most test results don't result in a diagnosis. And so further research also suggests that, you know, although the patient believes the cause of their tiredness to be physiological, that many GPs believe the cause to cause to be psychological, which is really interesting. And, you know, so I kind of thought to myself when I was reading this research, so is tiredness like the real deal or is it all in our head? So I just want to unpack a few thoughts around this just based on my expertise and qualifications from a nutrition perspective and just generally from a life perspective as well. 
So the first thought I have is this idea that we're burning the candle at both ends. You know, we're just trying to pack too much into our lives. We are busy. And I I feel for me that some days I barely feel like I have time to to scratch myself. I'm just I'm running from one thing to the next. I'm I'm winging it. I'm I'm am I'm burning the candle at both ends. I'm waking early, going to bed late, working long hours, you know, feeling like I have to deal with every single emotional issue that children bring up to me. Now I have this dog who is supposed to be chewing on a Kong at my feet and has actually disappeared. So I'm going to probably find a poo in the house later on. But anyway, let's not think about that. But right, there's so much happening. And I just also feel like technology means that my ability to answer emails, post on social media, respond to questions on social media, write articles, read articles, communicate with people, manage my schedule, right? It's just 24-7. And sometimes within five minutes, someone's Instagram DM'd me, texted me, Facebook messaged me, Facebook messaged me through my page, as well as private messaged me, just generally messaged me, called me, my emails. Like I was like, whoa, there's way too many ways that people can contact me and I'm losing track of everything from, you know, RSVPs for my son's (laughs) birthday party to my eighth staff, to my clients, to all the members of the Healthy Eating Hub program. Like, ha, it's crazy, right? Oh, the dog is back. It's all good. Crisis averted. But, you know, I dare say that, you know, the demands on your life are, are really similar and that considering, you know, all the chats I've had with women over the years is that it does seem like we try and fit a large amount of stuff into our days. Like the amount of women that I've met who are working full time in demanding jobs, you know, they have partners and kids and then they're also like, oh, yeah, and I'm also doing my master's. And I'm like, oh, yep, that'll do it. That'll push you over the edge of being epically busy. And I've been there too, right? And so I think sometimes we have a really high expectation of what's an acceptable level of daily achievement. And I find that when I get super exhausted and in particular quite overwhelmed that I think, well, I've got no one to blame but myself for this because I was the one who said yes and put all these expectations on myself to do all of these things. And and I think particularly too, if I'm being really, really honest, that a level of my self-worth is based on achieving things and how people think of me and perceive me. And I, I want people to like me. And one of the things that I've struggled with over the years is that feeling that I'm an inferior person and that I'm not worth anything unless I achieve big things with my life. Now, that's pretty deep, but it's certainly been something that I've, now that I'm aware of, that I can be mindful of, that I'm not actually killing myself trying to do all these things purely because that's where I'm putting my self-worth, to actually be like, no, I have a value as a person even if I say no to you and I don't want to do that or I'm just cutting back and and doing some rest or I'm not going to answer my email at 10 o'clock at night, I'll answer that person in the morning, things like that. So look, I think if you are feeling really tired before you even get stuck into blood tests and nutrition and looking at your diet and other lifestyle factors is can you just honestly take stock of the demands on your life and cut out the things that don't really need to be there? 
The second thought I have is a lack of sleep. So the research around sleep and its effect that sleep deprivation has on your short and long-term health is pretty profound. And I've done a previous episode on sleep and weight. So check that out. It's fascinating what the research says about how sleep deprivation and sleep quality is associated with appetite and weight regulation long-term. So, I mean, and not only just general like cardiovascular health and, and weight, but of course, obviously, if you're not getting good quality sleep for a sufficient amount of time, you are going to feel tired throughout the day. So sleep deprivation not only leads to a decrease in cognitive performance, which is the ability to make decisions and concentrate, but sleepiness throughout the day can actually lead to things like, um, you know, like falling asleep at your desk um, and, you know, even things like the development of diabetes and heart disease, right? So if you're feeling exhausted, definitely start to keep maybe a little journal of one, your sleep quality and then two, your sleep duration. So maybe just rate each morning your sleep out of 10, you know, 10 being it was super, super restful and undisturbed and nice and deep to one being I hardly slept at all and I feel miserable. And then also keep a tally of how long you were asleep for. There's actually lots of apps that do that for you as well if you want to use your smartphone. But just getting that awareness, I have gone through many phases where I'm all like, I'm so tired and oh, being all like pathetic and, you know, miserable because I'm exhausted and I'm all like, I'm getting enough sleep. And But actually when I think about it, you know, and actually track it and get some awareness, I'm like, oh, I'm actually not getting to sleep until after 11 most nights. I'm also on my computer until that time, which means then I'm not actually falling asleep until close to midnight because I'm stimulated by the screens. I'm up at seven, you know, so I'm actually most nights getting less than seven hours sleep a night. Oh, boom, not enough. I need more. I 100% need closer to eight hours or more. And I make a conscious effort to be, you know, off my screens by nine o'clock in bed, right? And I'm, I'm asleep by 10. Boom, an extra hour and I'm feeling so much better. So definitely take a look at your sleep and and just get some awareness over it and and thinking about, you know, what might be affecting your sleep. Another thing that's really interesting, which is if you um, have a partner who's opposite gender of you, is that women need more sleep than men. Um, And also if you're in a high pressure job or you're making big decisions each day, or you're exercising at a really high intensity, you also will need more sleep than the more, the sedentary person in a chilled out job. How fascinating is that? But back to men needing less sleep than us, I certainly find that because my husband, he genuinely is nowhere near as tired as me, we have this lovely little routine in our marriage where we like to go to bed together, um, you know, so we can love each other. But also it's just a little thing that we do. And um, sorry, oversharing. We love each other in our beds. But um, what can happen is, is that I end up staying up late with him because he's not tired. And then we wake up at the same time each morning and I can be not rested at all. And he's feeling fine, fine and dandy. And so there are times when I'm like, um, I, I bought myself one of those masks so I can cover my eyes so he's you know reading or doing 
different things, but I can get to sleep at least an hour before him and I find that then I'm much more rested then. So look, getting enough sleep is absolutely vital. A couple more tips on helping to improve your sleep is cutting back on your caffeine intake. Um, definitely looking at stopping screens and electronic devices at least an hour before bed to help you wind down. Other tips are keep your bedroom just for sleeping and not for working. So I recorded podcasts in my bed the other week. I have since moved my podcasting equipment out to the lounge room so that I'm not doing that kind of work in bed. I feel like that I really crossed a boundary that week. So it was time to put some healthy boundaries in with my sleep. You know, little bedtime rituals, hot shower, moisturizer, deep breaths, some yoga, a good book, right? Snuggle, lots of things. So yeah, if you need help for sleep, there is a lot of help around, you know, from from a psychologist perspective, there are sleep clinics. So go and see your GP if you're needing some help getting some more sleep. The third thought I have around being tired is diehard dieting my favorite topic. Okay. Talking about food. The main reason why women who present to my office are tired would be this reason. They are dieting too hard. And then the problem's also compounded with other two factors that they're living a busy life and they're not getting enough sleep. And then basically they're trying to get through their day on next to no food. So look, we do eat too much overall as a culture and society, but then, but that doesn't mean that that you know, the complete opposite that really cutting back on our food is then the best approach to health. So you actually need to eat an adequate amount of good quality food each and every day to function at your best. And so many men and women are surviving on very little food, you know, cutting out carbohydrates, fasting, cutting out whole food groups, and then you finding yourselves exhausted and hungry by the end of the day. Maybe you're binging on food right? Or you're feeling really overwhelmed and tired, lethargic, etc. And yeah, you're just feeling pretty rubbish. Look, if, you, if we think about carbohydrates, I mean, there's lots of confusion around that. And I've talked about carbohydrates a lot on this show. So definitely check out previous episodes about this. But if you speak to any actually qualified nutrition professional, that they'll agree that we do need to reduce our carbohydrate compared to the average Western diet, you know, and particularly from sugar and highly processed foods. But we don't need to cut it out altogether. Like we don't need to go from one extreme to the other. We actually just need a regular intake of good quality sources. So one of the first things I do with a client, particularly if I see that they're actively cutting out carbs, is to say, look, I can help you lose weight. 100% while you eat carbohydrates. And the reason why you're feeling so exhausted is you're just not eating enough food. And in particular, you're not eating enough carbohydrates, which then also means you're not getting enough fiber. You're not getting enough key nutrients that are in these foods. So I often suggest, you know, including a nice high fiber breakfast, like muesli with rolled oats, um, nuts and seeds, or adding in a carbohydrate at lunchtime, like four bean mix or brown rice or some leftover roast potato or quinoa, you know, maybe they need, you know, add a banana and a handful of nuts in at your mid-morning snack, right? Lots of different things to just help keep your blood sugar levels stable and get you through the day. Overall, good health and weight management is a result of improved diet quality. And so getting, you know, more nutritious foods into your diet can also just generally, you know, 
boost your overall well-being and health as well. Lastly is that, you know, the answer is in your blood. So maybe there is an actual deficiency, you know, an iron deficiency or a vitamin D deficiency. And in that case, definitely, you know, if you address the, the first three thoughts, you know, sleep and make sure you're eating enough and things like that and, and how busy you are, is that then getting some full bloods done with your GP. So look, if you do need help, my online program is actually the perfect place to start if you've been diehard dieting and you just don't know what normal healthy eating is anymore. I walk you through step by step through a course style is modules where you actually learn and then put habits into practice of how to maximize your diet quality and be consistent long term. So check out the link to that is in the show notes. Otherwise, have an amazing day team and we will see you in the next episode. I know so many people that are frustrated by the fact that healthy eating is really hard to stick to, especially if they've spent so many years trying diet after diet and meal plan after meal plan. And I've just found, you know, after 16 years as a nutritionist, that at the end of the day, I believe that healthy eating is a skill. And so I created a unique program that helps people develop the skill of healthy eating. It combines micro learning, support, behavior change principles, right at your fingertips. And so instead of sticking to a diet, you are encouraged to change your behavior one habit at a time, as well as also delivering you heaps of achievable, practical nutrition advice, lots of recipes, food inspiration, things like that. Life's too short to live with food stress. To become a habit builder and not a crash dieter, join my program today at healthyeatinghub.com.au. Well, that's it for the show today. If you're liking what you're hearing, give me a review. Leave some five stars there. I would super love that. Share this podcast with a friend and we'll see you next time.